0: And welcome back in scribe show podcast. Got a tournament under our belt out there in uh, in Hawaii century tournament of champions. Harris English gets his third win on the PGA tour. And don't say, I didn't tell you, right? If you watch the podcast, you listen to it early in last year, we had Justin Parsons on his coach and you could see the trend with Harris English, all phases of the game. And he uh, finally gets it done. His third win on the PGA tour first since 2013, that wasn't the only story. What a week. Goodness gracious in golf. Gary Player, Sword Stand, the Medal of Freedom day after the, the chaos there at the Capitol. JT gets in a little trouble. The anti-gay slur. John Rahm dropping F-bombs all over the place. Mike Wom stepping down at the LPGA. And then on the PGA 2022, they're going to move the tournament from uh, Trump Bedminster. So uh, all kinds of things happening in the world, to golf. So I, I forgot to call my buddy out there in Scottsdale, Arizona golf channel analyst Aaron Oberhoser. What a week, buddy.
1: <laughs> I saw something on Twitter where a, a someone posted this and it was just kind of a random thing where it said uh, something to the effect of uh, I, I've had my seven day trial of 2021 and I'd like to cancel. Man. And, and <laughs> that's kind of, kind of where I'm at right now. Myself. Like it's just uh we're not out of the woods yet, obviously. There's still a long way to go.
0: Yeah, there is. There's a long ways to go, and uh, hopefully 2021 will smooth out a little bit. But this isn't a political show. We talk golf here, and uh, we had some golf out there in Hawaii. Harris English, someone I know you know very well, gets his third win, as I mentioned, on the PGA Tour. And I was looking, Aaron, at his statistics, official world golf rankings, you know, two years ago. On this day, he was 313th in the world. He was ranked 313, 313th, and after the win, he's now 17th. Uh, I talked with Justin Parsons about this resurgence of his game. He won twice back in 2013, kind of lost it, but Harris English is back. uh, Quite the turnaround. Um, What
1: what do you think? Uh, I think it's the process of simplification um, that Justin Parsons has helped uh, Harris with. When you have the talent, and we saw the talent of Harris as an amateur at Georgia. We saw it when he came out onto the tour with early success right off the bat. So the talent's always been in there. The desire to play well has always been in there, the desire to work hard has always been in there. And and, and I never dealt with the dips that he dealt with in in his career. He had a, a massive dip, obviously. So I don't, I, it's hard for me to speak to what the feelings are when you have a massive dip like that and your game just goes away. But I can speak to seeing other players go through that and seeing some never get it back. And what the guys that do keep a very level head, they keep massive perspective on what's going on. And they really focus on one day at a time. And and I think Justin Parsons deserves a lot of credit, as obviously, as well as Harris English, at putting this thing back together and getting him back to where I believe he belongs, which is one of the best players in the world. Uh, he's always been a phenomenal putter. And now he's got the ball striking compliment back to where it, 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 it's, I think it's even better than ever because of the simplification process that Justin has kind of put in there.
0: Yeah, you make a good point. He is a phenomenal putter. Oh, yeah. And he always has been, especially on Bermuda. You know, Georgia boy, he knows how to putt on that Bermuda. But And he does put a beautiful roll on the ball. And he's got things now organized in a swing. You know, he made a comment, and I quote, he said, two years ago, he had a different swing thought every tournament. Every (laughs) single tournament, a different swing thought, a different idea. You've played the tour for many years. You know these guys. How common is that?
1: I, I I would think that it's very common. I can't <laughs> I can speak for myself that I, I didn't have a lot of swing thoughts. i i I tried to dumb it down as much as possible for myself and understood that ultimately it's about getting the ball in the hole in the quickest way possible, quite honestly, in as least amount of strokes as you possibly can. But I can also see with all the information and all the data that's available to you now, Uh, You know, when I played, we had, for the time, we had plenty of data that you could look at to a certain extent, and you could get Mm -hmm. lost in a rabbit hole if you're not careful. And I think Harris trying to be someone he wasn't. When guys go down the wrong path with their golf swings, more times than not, they see a model out there of something that isn't for them, but they get enamored with it, and they fall in love with that model. And they think, I want to hit the ball like that. I remember when Tiger was playing rounds of golf with Rod Pampling. God love Rod Mm -hmm. Pampling. He loved the way Rod's swing looked. Mm. Otherwise, I mean, I know Rod's a good dude, but I I don't understand how that friendship would work, quite honestly, any other way other than Tiger. just I think Tiger was enamored with the way he kind of moved his body through the golf swing and how he kind of stayed on top of the ball and moved through it. Maybe that's something that Tiger wanted to look at then. But sometimes you can get enamored with golf swings and get and get kind of go down the wrong path for certain guys, and you start doing things that isn't that isn't you as a golfer. Yeah. And when you get lost down those holes, it's hard to come back from those. And Harris is pretty lucky to be able to come back from those from that from that rabbit hole.
0: Yeah, there's you know I always say what what you start losing confidence when you like you grab this thought and then you try it. And it works for a day and then it doesn't work. And all of a sudden you're like, oh no, like that doesn't work. And then you go grab another thought and then another thought and your confidence is band-aids. Yeah, exactly. That is a band-aid. Your confidence is only as good as those little specific thoughts that work for 24 hours or whatnot. Exactly. But then you, you wrap the process around it and you just get engulfed in this is the direction I'm heading and I'm going to let my thoughts kind of, generated and self-discover from the structure. Right. Yes. And then yes. just stay that process. And I think in a nutshell, and it's a cliche, right. I mean, it's like, you know, just trust the process. I mean, that's what this is. I mean, this is, mm-hmm. this is, you're seeing a player who went from just basically thought after thought, trying this, trying to try to try, try that. And, and amateurs can relate to this to someone who then got more process oriented and is now reaping the benefits of it. And it took him, he played good last year. I mean, he played great last year. He didn't win. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But it took him two years to yeah. get here um, into the winner's circle. And I, and when I talked to Justin, who is a Butch Harmon disciple, okay, um, last year he works up here in Sea Island. He just talked about, I, you know, he was very candid with me on what they did, and he said, he said, look, I cleaned up some fundamentals at dress and did a lot of. Research on how Harris used to swing the club, you know, and how he, how it made him work. And Harris is kind of a, you know, he's a big guy. His shoulders are kind of unique in the way that they work. He has a lot of depth in his swing. Um, Mm -hmm. His lead arm really gets around him. So he felt like they needed to get the club in in a nice position halfway back. Harris tends to get the club head kind of a little inside from time to time. And when he does that, and then he gets that depth and he shallows it, he kind of gets underneath it. So you see Harris doing these little left arm rehearsals, you know, where the club heads out in front of him and that's the structure they created, clean him up at address, get the club started right. So when you shallow it, the club's in position to just rotate and hit it and he can hit his fade. And, and that's really what they've done, you know, and, and you listen to that and you're like, well, that's simple, right? I can do that. Well, super. I mean, I mean, it is. That's the structure. super simple. It can, it's right. Super simple, but the sh- but but the organization is there.
1: and um well, Trav, in all honesty, that's right on the money. But to even simplify it even more, man, it, it, Justin brought him back to him when he was trying to be somebody else. Yeah okay. he was trying yeah. to do things with his body that everybody has a structure, I I believe. Everybody has Mm -hmm. a structure to their body that and a functionality to their body that's different than everybody else. And you you might be able to take a piece here or a piece there from someone else and go, yeah, I need that piece. I'm gonna try to institute that piece in my golf swing. But you're never gonna be able to be somebody else completely, right? So I think that's where Harris went wrong and Justin got him back to being Harris. This -hmm. is your body. This is the way your body moves naturally. Let's put the club, let's make the proper matchups to what your body wants. And he just got him back to where he's always been and maybe even cleaned it up even a little bit more because to to be able to trust it under the gun, we haven't won in seven years, and to hit that three iron that he hit, I know he didn't make the putt to win outright, but to hit the three iron that he hit off of that downslope into that green yesterday Big time. I mean, you can't ask for anything more. That's validation right there that what you're doing is working and that confidence is just going to keep building because of that.
0: And even the iron shot on 17 after the bogey on 16, the silly bogey. Oh, yeah. I thought he kind of regrouped and just hit another beautiful shot on 17 too. So, you know, he just kind of stayed the course. You, You know, you make up you bring up some good points like he brought him back to Harrison. Those were some of the words that he used and this word of DNA like what makes that player click and go. And I think the way, you know, Harris shoulders work his body and it's, it's a little unique, like you're not going to change that. Right. And I think the other thing with Harris and I'll go off the record now, and this is just my observation is that Harris doesn't have a ton of flexion in his lead wrist. He's someone who rotates the face a bit more open and he has, you know, probably a little less, you know, of that flexion in the lead sure. wrist, you'll see the face kind of, hang a bit more open than you'll see in most players. There's a little more cup. There's a little more cup
1: to it for for, extension. Yeah. More extension, more cup to the wrist without a doubt. And, and if you're that guy, I was that guy. I was at the top. I can't, I, every time I try to get, every time I try to get that there, the ball goes everywhere. Yeah. I got to have it a little cup or else I I got no prayer face awareness. You you can't, Again, you can't be someone you're not. Facial awareness is everything. And he brought Justin, got him back to having good face awareness.
0: It's interesting, right? Because like in the modern swing, if you're on Instagram and whatnot, and science is going to tell you, these guys are working into flexion. I mean, sure, Harris is working into to, to flexion on the downswing, but it's sure. certainly when you look at the face, the face is definitely more open than you're going to see from most. And certainly what is taught, I have a, I have more of an appreciation on the outside looking in when I see this kind of, um, I see this kind of relationship work, you know, where truly these are matchups that are going into the DNA of the player. And I think that's probably something that he learned from Butch Harmon because he was the best at it. And, you know, it's, it's there, you can see it. I mean, it is there. The face is more open. Um, then you're going to see with most players a very unique kind of shoulder action. And he's just kind of tailored it to, let's clean up the fundamentals. Let's get the club in a little better spot. And Harris has bought in. The other thing that he said was, and if this isn't straight from Butch Harmon's mouth, I don't know what is, but he said, you know, the other thing that he made Harris do and his team is that he, they made Harris take responsibility for what he was doing. Take ownership of your team. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, almost kind of a hard talk like this is your team this is your livelihood take ownership and and manage it and that kind of hit home with me too that's that's kind of straight from butch isn't it
1: well something I, I think a lot of players you know harris is a, is a competitor and within competitors inside the ropes you can it's okay to be hard it's okay to be kind of a jerk inside the ropes you have to mm. be i think to a certain extent but Harris ultimately is a, is just a, a class F and a heck of a guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of those guys who are nice, I know I outside the ropes, I had a hard time saying no. I wanted to please everybody. I wanted to do mm-hmm. everything that I could for everybody. And Yes, 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 I'll do that, I'll do that, I'll do that. And I think the guys, you have to be selfish in this business if you want to be a top player to a certain mm-hmm. extent. You have to be selfish with your time. Mm-hmm. You have to be – because it's what you value. You know, and I think that I think that learning how to say no for certain players is very difficult. And maybe that's something that Harris has learned how to do is to say no, but to also kind of say, okay, this isn't working for me. I don't mean to be a jerk, but I, I can't work with you anymore. I can't do this anymore. I can't do that. And I think Butch and or Justin having that talk with him and letting him realize, hey, look, dude, this is you. This is all about you. We are here for you, what do you want? That's a big deal and and looking in the mirror as a player and having those hard truths and speaking to those hard truths and understanding those hard truths about yourself and learning how to do those things as a player and basically be your own CEO and run your own little business, okay? That's That's a big part of playing professional golf at the highest level. That guys, some guys have to learn how to do that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting, right? Like it's uh, just saying no. I mean, it's like you said, it's probably much more difficult for some guys to that, especially in today's game. I mean, man, there is so much out there, you know, and, and just keeping yourself focused on what you need to do, I think can become increasingly more difficult. And it's really cool to see that Harris has worked through that. Another guy that's trying to work through it. I want to ask you on, and you and I had this conversation when we were out in Arizona, for um, the pxg called showcase which um, was really cool uh, in december and we were talking about Speeth and yeah. where does he go what's next and for the better part of two years now thought that he needed to seek a second opinion and i thought um, it
1: the same as you i've thought i've thought it for quite a while
0: and now speaking of butch right there he is yep. he's out there um working with butch Harmon. what, what are your thoughts on this with Speeth now You know, Cameron, it sounds like he's still on the team. McCormick, who's been with him for a long time. They've had a lot of Mm -hmm. success together. Of course, Spieth's been struggling for three years. Now, seeking advice from Butch Harmon. How do you think this plays out?
1: Ultimate field player, right? Jordan, see target, hit ball at target, go find ball, hit ball again. He's not a technical guy. I don't think Spieth's ever been a technical guy. Um, He doesn't have the most technically sound grip. He didn't have the most technically sound golf swing. Um, but what he has always had are guts, determination, and a great short game. Mm-hmm. And those things will, will will win you golf tournaments, as we've seen, and will win you three major championships, as we've seen. Uh, and he's got a the, one of the highest golf IQs I've ever seen. It's, again, much like Harris. It's still in there. Speed's way down at the bottom of this rabbit hole. And he needs simplification, period. So many players need simplification it's up to the instructor and the teacher and or coach to find out how to simplify it for that particular player. In my opinion, butch is the best ever at that. I don't think that there's any argument that can be made. Keeping it simple is, was one of his, I think one of his greatest attributes to his players and finding how to simplify it for said player. I'm sure that the simplification process for Tiger was very different potentially than the simplification process for Phil Mickelson when they worked together. So it's all, I think he tailors it to the specific player, which you have to do as a, as a good instructor. And I, I, I'm cautiously optimistic that, that Butch will help Jordan kind of crawl out of this hole. The rest will be up to Jordan and the rest will also, you know, and Quite honestly, there's so much that goes on with professional golfers in their lives, not only out, uh, inside the ropes, but outside the ropes, too. So simplifying everything inside the ropes, you, you want to do that process outside the ropes, as I've found as a player as well. And then usually they tend to come together and you, the game starts going that way.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, I'm optimistic, too. You know, it's coming off our discussion with Harris, it's like made him take responsibility, take ownership. Kind of sounds like, you know, Speece may be struggling with that just a little bit. I mean, i going to keep Cameron on, going to keep everything, you know, but I'm going to go out here. And
1: it's just like... That That could that could be a complication. I don't know how you yeah. feel, but I, that could be a little bit of a complication.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, right? I mean, he's uh, he, he's obviously a very loyal person. I, I just think, you, you know, you look at, compared to Justin Thomas. I mean, he's moving on. I mean, he, he he had, you know, you have success and then it's hard, I think, to, to prolong that relationship out there, you know, from a player coach kind of aspect. Um, Yeah. You know, there's so many moving parts. It's such a hard game. These guys are under pressure. It's so hard to keep playing at that peak performance. And, you know, I just think like, eventually sometimes like you need a, you just need a different face and a different voice sometimes. And then yeah. and other times, you know, things work out, but I just think the nature of the way everything is now, it's just part of it, you know, and you can have a good run and good success. And then sometimes like you just need to kind of take a step away and, and get re-energized over here a little bit, but you got to be careful with that too. It's, it's not saying that everybody needs to do that, but just feels like through this long period of time that we've been seeing in the struggle you have got to cut ties, take some ownership here and move on. Right. And, and get yourself moving in the right direction. And I just feel like he's still trying to kind of like, you know, balance Uh, it all uh, and make everybody uh, happy.
1: Again, uh, again, being able to say no. And like what we talked about with Harris, you were 100% right. Uh, He, I I can't imagine how difficult it would be for Jordan. If Jordan just said to, to, to just to look at Cameron and go, who he's known since, what, 11, 12? They've been working together. So yeah. Cameron's basically kind of – he's known Cameron as, like, another authority dad-like figure since he was, <laughs> yeah. since he was 11, 12 years old. That is a yeah. hard relationship yeah. to just go ahead and break. You've had all the success. you won three major championships under this guy. But I do think that this relationship, it can work. It can work between – keeping Cameron in the loop and working with Butch. But Cameron has to be open-minded. If you get yeah. a teacher that's jealous or is, uh, it can be potentially poisonous with the attitude and feels slighted because you're going to seek help elsewhere. Th- they need to be cut immediately. Yeah, Immediately. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. You're out.
0: Yeah. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be interesting to see, how it all plays out, you know. I, I'd love to see Spieth get back into it. The genius is there; we know it's just keeping the ball in front of him, and I think building some confidence off the tee. And off he goes. the, so
1: the T ball is the biggest thing. I agree. Yeah. When you're looking at the technical stuff,
0: yeah, the T ball can't be going low left. That's for sure. <laughs>
1: no. So you know,
0: and, I want to, you know, so it leads me to this. You know, from an instruction standpoint, and you know, and I know you're very versed in this, and you kind of, you know, stay in touch with. This part of the game. And it's almost like there's two buckets here. On, on on one side, you've got like the Butch Harmon, Justin Parsons, you know, maybe even Claude into this. Uh, for sure. I'm sure.
1: Yeah, you can apply in it, that list for sure.
0: Yeah. Where it's like you have a stable. And when you look at the players, it's a variety of patterns, right? It's a variety of hinge actions, like we were just talking about with Harris. Different lead arm positions at the top of the swing, different uh, maybe rotational phases through the impact, and how much a player has opened up. I mean, all these things kind of link together and match up. But when when I look at, I see a variety of patterns. Um, I hear them talking about things more holistically, where it's like, you know, DNA, yeah, working with what the player does well, has done well, the DNA of their movements, not changing those things creating this environment for, um, self-discovery ownership, right? Those are the things I, I hear in, in that camp. And then on the other side, and I'm not saying, I'm not saying like this side is not working on technique because they are. Yeah. I mean, oh, for
1: sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We just talked about it's, Harris. I think, works it's more,
1: I think it's more subtle.
0: Yeah. But it's, but it's kind of used more as a, as part of the engine. Yes. Right. It's, it's a leg.
1: Yeah, it's not you know, the driving that, force.
0: Right. It's like because you're playing bad is because it's it's not because of that clubhead went inside a half a centimeter. Right. It's like there's there's more to it. There's this whole holistic approach and and buying into it. And then on the other side, and this is just my perception as I see it looking on the outside. I'm not saying it's 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 like this hundred percent. But that's my perception as I see that side of it. Those are the things I hear. Those are the things I see. On the other side, the perception is you've got more, it's very technique driven, right? And it it the, the swings look the same. The patterns are the same. Um, and I'm not saying that's wrong because I agree with a lot of the patterns that I see. I see the flex lead wrist. I see change of knee flex. I see shallowing the shaft. I see rotation, get open. I see all these things, but I don't see a variety of players in those stables, right? I see a pattern. So to me, the perception is that is what's kind of, you know, these, that, that's what this stable is how they're going to swing it. Where on the other side, I see a lot of different patterns. So it's just interesting to me. And I know there's, there's pros and cons and players, as they need help, can fit into different categories. But just from the perception on the outside looking in, I kind of see you're kind of, as a teacher, the perception is it's a little bit, what side are you on? Is that, is that accurate?
1: I personally think the best teachers take a holistic approach. And I think that guys that you might think that are method teachers, they might say that they're more holistic than they, than they think. However, I think that the perception of those guys, at least from my perspective, is that they're more method than holistic. And I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. Um, there's a couple. There's a couple of teachers that I think that are very technically oriented. That I think are fantastic teachers. I think it depends yeah. on what you, on what you need as a player. Yeah. So um, I think that there there are certain matchups that if you want to reach, you might have to change some some certain things. Like I, I remember, you know, I've always had a problem. Just speaking for me personally, I always had a problem kind of picking up the club. On half the, half the way back versus kind of continuing my term and getting and getting depth, mm-hmm. you know, I always I always love guys who could get who could get deep into their swing, and I I had a hard time doing that in my in my career because of the way I was taught young and the way I developed as a young as a young player in the Bay Area. You know, I've been able to get there through time through the help of more technically oriented teachers. Um, just in fun, now that I'm not playing anymore, I've got more time to mess around with technique and, and think about technique. And, and I think that, I think that as a player, you need to decide what you need more of. And that's dangerous because yeah. sometimes you don't know exactly what you need. And maybe not even that coach knows exactly what you need. So being aware as a player of what you need is huge. Cause you could mm-hmm. go, you could, you could go down the wrong path very simply, Going more technical when you don't need technical, you need more holistic approach. And, you know, for me, I'm more on the holistic side. Always have been, Mm -hmm. and I always will lean more holistically. But that doesn't mean that the technical side can't, uh, can be ignored. It can't be ignored. Because if you Mm -hmm. have severe technical, if you got bad matchups, it doesn't matter. You got to fix those matchups. And that might take some serious technical help
0: yeah, I, I think the key word here is perception because I agree. I think on the this side, you have good technical teachers who do have the holistic approach and the coaching expertise and the experience. i that th- there's no question. But I think it's so led and pushed out from a technical standpoint, a pattern standpoint. Yes. The opponents are driven. the matchups are driven. And I think that yes whether on purpose or not, to me, that's the way it comes across. That's yeah. the perception that I have, that's how I'm consuming it. And I think like that's I think that's a very important part of the game but but my opinion on the PGA tour when we are dealing with these best players in the world, I would want to be trying if, if this if that was my business model, I would want that, but I would be trying to push more the other way, you know, because yeah. to me, These guys are already on the PGA Tour. These guys are already the best at what they do. Yes, they need some technical work, some more than others, but I have a really strong appreciation for what I'm seeing with Harris English as part of a stable that has a lot of different patterns and coaches that are having success with a lot of different patterns and moving the needle the right way as Justin has with Harris.
1: Yeah, Uh, I I think that they're... Their approach and the the more holistic approach, I'm biased because I'm more of a field-oriented player. So for me, I'm going to always lean to more of a holistic approach because that's the way yeah. I was always taught growing up yeah. versus the technical side of things. You, as soon as you start, like if a teacher ever took me from here at the top, slightly cupped and said, no, Aaron, we got to get <laughs> you here. You you lost me. You 100% <laughs> lost me. I'm outdoor. Yeah. No. And and we're not talking again. Yeah. Okay. It, it's it, it's just that's not going to work for me. That's yeah. not the way my body and the way mine works. And not only that, when if you want to get down to the nuancey stuff about it, it, it to to take a guy like Harris from slightly there or cooch, he wouldn't play on tour ever no. again. No. I mean, the, the, you got to. I mean, face awareness is so important in, to the to professionals and understanding where that ball's coming off the face every time to their cone of dispersion. And understanding that and having that awareness for their cone of dispersion, if you will, and their misses that if, you've got to be very careful as a technical teacher not to change too much stuff on a PGA yeah. Tour player oh. or, else, uh, yeah. or, or else you're going to be out of a job as a teacher.
0: <laughs> I, I, I can remember when I was teaching a lot full time um, and I worked with Fred Funk for a long time when he was in his early 50s on the Champions Tour. And we were, you know, Fred's such an accurate player. And when he came back from his knee and thumb surgery, we had to, you know, he kind of got into some bad habits. So I just, we had to help him kind of get back organized a little bit, how he used to swing it. And he got going really good. And then we started to speed it up a little bit for him. And one time he was looking on video, he goes, you know, my lead wrist is really bowed. And, and, and Fred always has had a little bit of that at the top. You know, not like DJ, but a little flexion at the top. And he goes, I think it's too boat. I think we need to take some of that out. And I was like, Fred, if we continue this discussion, I'm going to turn around and walk away because we're, we're not having it. I'm like, I'm out of here. You keep talking hey, about it's, this.
1: It's just more proof of how psychotic we are. professional.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, uh, it's, it's amazing. Let me ask you one more question here as uh, the tour um, continues here down uh, in Hawaii. Now they head over to the Sony Open. Been a staple. Um, on the PGA tour for a long time. I know you've played in in a, in a handful of times. Wild,
1: right? Yeah, I Love Wild. One tell of my me, favorite courses on the PGA tour. Tell me
0: what it's like. What what's this golf course like?
1: Gosh, it's um it's it's old school. It's it's uh, it's a, it's just fantastic. Um I wanna say it's I want to say it's a Seth Rainer. I think it's a Seth Rayner, if I mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. And, uh, you know, it's short. It's one of the shortest courses on the PGA Tour. When it gets when they don't get any rain, it's firm and fast, it plays even shorter. It's mm-hmm. very narrow, very tight. Houses around it on certain sides, lots of OB in certain areas. Uh, it's not a course, you can get up there and bang driver on certain holes, but it's tight enough to where you're gonna, you know, you're gonna have some problems if you don't hit it accurately in, uh, on certain holes. And you're gonna, the rough is Bermuda, about two, three inches hard to control your ball out of it um when the when the trades get going it's an it can play difficult without a doubt mm-hmm. but it's it's more of a golf course where it's one of my favorites because you can put it right up there with Harbor Town and colonial and those types yep. of golf courses where you know yeah listen do the longer hitters are always travis gonna have an advantage but this right. is a golf course where anyone can truly win anyone yeah. can truly win on this golf course and it's it's more about iron play and putting and chipping and and uh especially when the when the weather gets bad like it was last year when cam smith uh when cam smith won it was it was absolutely actually turned more into a into a short game contest because it was so hard to hit the greens because they're so small so uh you know it's um it's one of my favorite golf courses Just because of the variety of shots that you have to play, not only off the tee, but into the, into the whole locations and on those, on those small sloping greens. Well,
0: hopefully they'll get a little win. Um, Man, four perfect days at Kapalua. I mean, they just tore that place up and, you know, now they move over here to Wailai, which um, I think, yeah, you know, Harbor town colonial, I like that. So it kind of opens the door here. The field's decent. So, We'll uh, we'll look forward to that. The Sony open and uh, hey, good discussion, man. Always I always love talking golf, getting into the instructional world with you a little bit because we got some big stuff. We got some big time stuff coming up. I mean, you know, of course, we're going to the West Coast swing. Then we come over here for the players. We go Augusta again. You know, all these major championships. You've got the Olympics. You got the Olympics.
1: Ryder Cup. And then right back into the FedEx Cup playoffs and and, and then Ryder Cup right after it. There you You go. FedEx Cup playoffs and then Ryder Cup. Yep. Yeah. And then obviously, not to not to discount the ladies, all of their their five majors and all the big events yep. that that they have this year too. So, um, this is going to be a huge year in golf uh, across the board, um, and a very busy year for the next nine months for sure. Yeah, and the LPG is going to be just fine. Mike Juan's
0: going to leave him in good spot. Um, One, he's left him in a
1: phenomenal spot. Uh, great
0: commissioner. Just-
1: Ph- phenomenal finding finding yeah. a replacement for Mike is going to be very difficult uh in my humble opinion um as uh in my in my opinion he has been probably the best based on the results and where he took where he got that tour and where he took that tour probably the best commissioner in all of sports quite yeah. honestly
0: yeah yeah Be interesting. be interesting to see where he goes you know
1: uh I, I'm, I've got a guess Okay. And my guess is, uh, my guess is, the USGA is going to back the Brinks, Brinks truck for him. <laughs> let's do it. That's let's I, I do think, it. I think that, that that's my guess, but there's there could be another couple of things. Who knows?
0: I think that would be fabulous. Yeah. Yeah. I really do. The USGA, USGA needs Mike Wan.
1: They would be lucky to have him. One hundred percent.
0: Hey, buddy. Thanks so much. Have a good week, and um, we'll do it again. Let's take a second to talk about the guys and girls over at Encore Golf. Encore has earned a reputation of having the most cutting-edge technology in their golf balls that the industry has seen in quite some time. Their team in Buffalo, New York, is changing the script of golf technology through the perimeter-weighted designs, use of high-density particles, and even a nano-transitional layer in their latest creation, which offers players enhanced accuracy and control for every shot on the course and extreme velocity off the tee. They already have their award-winning Elixir and Avant 55 golf balls, but the new Vero X1 is the highest performance ball to date with their full suit of golf balls. They are transforming the game for players of all skill levels. Visit EncoreGolf.com slash Travis Fulton for more details about their products that are revolutionizing the game. Now back to the Stripe Show podcast.